SecondCityHockey.com Jonathan Taves. Commit to us. Commit to the jersey. Commit to our people here. City Hockey Podcast Network. Site manager Dave Melton here. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. And I actually, I do not have my usual line mates with me this time because, well, it's a Friday and hockey's still very much in its off-season shutdown mode. Everyone's probably at a beach somewhere. So it seemed like a really good time for us to revive our old Friday shows here at SCH. Uh, It's where we sit down with some people in and around the hockey world, do some longer discussions about uh, whatever comes up, I guess. Um, for me, though, there's one person in particular that I, I wanted to talk to for this particular moment, and it's Sam Fells. For those of you who follow the Blackhawks anywhere near the level that we have, Sam uh, is a guy you probably know. Uh, if you don't, he was formerly on this site, secondcityhockey.com. Uh, then he took his talents over to faxesfromuncledale.com, it was the, which became the digital platform for the real fans program, as I'm quoting, real fans program he used to sell outside of uh, Blackhawks before games. Uh, he also authored Madison Street Station, which is a book that he wrote about how kind of how Blackhawks fandom has intertwined with his life over the years, and he now writes for Deadspin. For me personally, I've been reading Sam's work for a very long time, so I was absolutely thrilled that he was gracious enough to lend us some of this time and uh, be able to sit and talk about sports with them. Uh, we did touch on the Blackhawks a good amount, but I think we also zoomed out a lot and just kind of tried to answer the question of why we care so much about sports in general. Um, hoping for some more discussions like this as we get a few more Friday shows in before hockey comes back to us. Got a few more guests lined up. Hopefully you'll enjoy those future shows. Hopefully you enjoyed this show because I sure as hell know I enjoyed recording it and talking with Sam. Um, so that's enough rambling from me. Let's get to the conversation with Sam. But Sam Fells is here. Again, Sam, thank you so much for taking the time out. And and as you said, uh, it's, it's not really a welcome. It's more of a welcome back since these are your old stomping grounds. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a long time. Jeez, it's been eight years, I think, since wow. I uh, we left Second City Hockey. But uh, yeah, this is fun. It's nice to nice to be back in some in some form without <laughs> having without having to write. Yeah, exactly. Not, uh, yeah. And, I don't miss I, I don't miss the the windows and the and the tags and all that stuff that I'm sure you're probably sick of. Uh, um, so. yeah, I'm getting, getting close, getting close. Okay. Uh, like, and, and I know you were writing about the Blackhawks for several years after that before you moved on to Deadspin. But mm-hmm. uh, do you miss writing about 
a team from such a hyper-focused angle? No. Not necessarily the Blackhawks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't. I, I, um, I found it. I don't want to get all, oh, I'm such an artist in a way, but you know, I, I did it for eight, nine, 10 years or so. And it gets, it gets to be repetitive, you know, even as a Hawks fan or the schedule has the same kind of rhythm to it. Obviously it hasn't the past year and a half or so, but right. you know, you know, when the West coast trips are, you know, when these trips are, you know, when the home games are, and it gets really hard to, as I'm sure you found to, to come up with something new every day about one specific team. Mm-hmm. And then the longer you do it, the motivation to do so just gets just gets less and less. Um, there are some things I, you know, there's some aspects I guess I miss. You know, really getting in up to the elbow. You know, when you when you cover one team, you know, you develop a, a certain kind of following, which I'm sure you found, which mm-hmm. is cool. And you know, now doing national stuff or more general stuff, it's it's a it's a much more spread out following that's not nearly as tight knit. You know, we don't we don't see each other at the Hawks games or whatever. So I guess I, I miss that part of it, but uh, you know, I, I think I think covering one team or one sport is great when you're starting out, or just you know, or in the middle of, of a career because uh, it really helps focus you. But eventually, you know, it just gets it just gets hard to be to be original and and, and fresh and, and vibrant about it because you've done it all before. You know, yeah. you've, you've done you've done the story about the third line right wing for six or seven times already, and it's just like okay, I can't I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I can't. I, I don't want to. I don't have to write about Nikita Zadorov anymore. But by about March, I decided I didn't want to anymore. Right. So I had too much of a season to go. Yeah, I mean, and 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 uh, you know, I, I I was cheating a little bit. Though. And in some ways, when the Hawks were 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 so good, it actually was harder in some ways because criticism is easier. And when things <laughs> are when things are going wrong, there's a lot more to talk about when they're you know when they're cruising to 105 points and going a couple of rounds in the playoffs, at least, you know, in the middle of February, there's nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't miss that, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's the dull, the hockey doldrums, which right. happened during the regular season. And we're kind of in them right now, about a month to go before training camp starts, mm-hmm. which is why, I, which is why you're here. Um, and, and what we're going to do for the next few weeks here, just do some, uh, some more interview episodes, try and talk about some, some big picture stuff, maybe some more growing up stuff, just a different, angle on on hockey and the Blackhawks and sports in general and with right. you in particular Sam because this was something that's came up in, in your book and it came up in a lot of, just every now and then will pop up in, in a recap you would write uh, at Second City Hockey or at for the committed Indian wherever it was um, sorry facts from Uncle Dale now forgive mm-hmm. me <laughs> but it, it was just just kind of the general idea of why why do we care so much about sports in general and then I think you, you tie it into the lens of just growing up you know, your relationship to the, the team and the athletes changes as you get older. Like it's, you can't uh, have the same emotional connection when all these guys are 10 to 15, 20 years younger than you are than you did when they were 10 years <laughs> well, older. Let's, let's not make it worse than it is, but yes. <laughs> okay. But just, just our well point being, I guess what, as a kind of a general open-ended thing and, and not specifically to the Blackhawks, but more to sports in general, because there's things related to the Blackhawks that will come in here that are part of the, picture and part of the problem i guess but what what is it that keeps you caring about sports and keeps you turning on the tv to watch them instead of watching a, a movie or a show or whatever what have you 
uh, you mean other than the paycheck now? Uh, <laughs> well, that, there's that too. Um, that, that that factors in for sure. Uh, that, I mean, that's you know, that's a question I find myself asking uh, myself more and more. Um, but as I get older, you know, I, I see more and more of a connection between sports and theater or TV and the arts. I think I think there's a lot of things that I didn't realize that touch the same nerves. Um, you know. In, in all in all facets of entertainment it's also why i've um as you know because you follow me on twitter i'm, I'm really into wrestling it, it's kind of the same mm-hmm. thing but i think with the thing about sports is that it it, it still at least sometimes uh, feels so much more communal it feels like you're you're part of something it, it's theater that you get to live in mm-hmm. um you know obviously i'm not the hawks fan i was i've i've i've, I've abandoned the cubs for different reasons for for both teams. I don't think my problem isn't with Cubs fans, um, at least no more than normal. Um, you know, but as you know, I'm, I'm still a big Liverpool fan. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, I'm not a huge NFL fan, but the Bears will always be a part of me, no matter how much I try and run from that. Right. Um, and there's still the, that communal feeling to it. You know, when it comes to Liverpool, like, okay, it's been, you know, pandemic aside, you know, there's still a feeling about going to the bar or the pub and being surrounded by other Liverpool supporters that you don't, you don't get anywhere else. And if you're a big Hawks fan, there's still that feeling of going to the Hawks game and being surrounded by other Hawks fans. You're part of something. Um, same with, you know, for whoever's left being a Cubs fan, I don't know who is, but uh, I'm sure White Sox fans feel that way. We're in, trying in to right now. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and the White Sox have so much coming together right now. Um, you know, so I, I think it's still like, I still watch sports, not just because it's my job, but to be entertained. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still, it's still, you turn it on for the same reason you turn on your favorite show, your favorite movie. You want to be entertained. You want to, you want to spend an hour or two or three thinking about something else, especially these days. Uh, you know, in sports, it's just a different nerve that you're hitting within the same desire that, you know, it's still, it's still theater. I mean, if I'm watching a game that I'm not emotionally involved in, say, you know, watching the Lightning, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup final, you know, I don't really care. Uh, what happens but I'm watching to be entertained it's the same reason I would you know go to a play or go to a movie Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also witnessing people the second hand who are having that experience that communal experience and you can't tell me that the crowd in the arena and knowing and you know if you follow along Twitter people at home that's a huge difference that makes the theater you're watching different you know we, we all watch sports through the pandemic and with canned noise or no noise at all. And we saw the empty seats and we know that it's just not the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. It, it's just not, it is not the same experience. And, and you could try and fool yourself like, well, I'm still hearing the same <laughs> stuff because, you know, they had the recordings of the crowd or whatever, but you know that it's not. And, like and it I almost think, made it worse because like, it, did it make was it worse. another reminder. Right. It, it did make it worse. I, I almost would have rather just watched with a silence uh-huh. uh, and admit, you know, this is where we're at. Um, but, you know, it's not a discussion. Um, so I think that's why, you know, you st- I mean, I still, it's still, you know, you put a good baseball, good soccer game, good hockey game in front of me, you know, it's still better than 95% of the television I'd be watching. That's- <laughs> um, you can get lost in it and, uh, you can still see things that you, you know, you, you just don't see every day and you feel things you don't feel every day, even when you're not, even when it's not your team, you know, when you're watching a big, you know, I, as much as I try and get away, like, you know, a good playoff hockey game with, you know, especially like, you know, good crowd, the Islanders or the Lightning or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. Canadian uh, market, 
you know, it's close game in the third and everyone's going nuts like that, that, that causes a, a rush or a feeling within you that, that isn't matched by anything else. And, you know, I go, I go to movies, I go to the theater to feel something, or I watch wrestling to feel something. I, I watch TV shows to feel something, whatever that is. If it's, if it's comedy, I want to laugh, or if it's drama and I want to be lifted out of my seat. Sports is the same thing. I, I, I watch, I think we all watch to feel something, whether that's, you know, the joy of your team winning or even the, the misery of them losing, which we get a lot of around here. <laughs> yeah. um, I think at the end of the day, you're still just looking to feel something. And I, I, I won't ever be able to, I don't think I'd ever be able to go without it. Um, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, it's, it's been, it's been such a part of my life for so long. I, I wouldn't know what to do with all that time, honestly. And in, in during, you know, when the sports were shut down, I, I was watching a lot of TV. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed, I, you know, I tried to enjoy the break of it, but I could constantly feel myself searching for something. It was like, so, it was like something that's off here. What am yeah. I missing? Uh-huh. And it's that, you know, it's that rush. It's that, it's the crash. It's the, it's the lift off your couch. Um, even, you know, and, and we didn't get it to the full extent during the pandemic with, you know, the empty stadium sports, but at least we got a facsimile of it. Right. Um, it was better than nothing. Uh, but it wasn't the same. And I think, I think that's what keeps me tuning in and keeps me wanting to write about it. And, 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 you know, as, as, as you're probably learning or have learned that you have to cover so much of this shit, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, and especially now, you know, past year and a half too, and national stuff with Deadspin, there's a lot more shit. Oh yeah. Uh, I (laughs) like, like writing about one team seems challenging enough because like you talked about generating content it's it's like it's like the opposite ends of the spectrum but it feels like the same problem where either you have one team to write about and there's and you just can't like muster and you can't write you you've uh, rung the sponge dry there's nothing else left or this sponge is so big i don't even know where to start squeezing when you're writing about national sports and you start squeezing and it's just you know it's a lot it's a lot of bullshit (laughs) you know it's a lot of owners and greed and and legal stuff and you know you have to do it It, it's part of the thing you want to paint the whole picture but then you have to ask yourself okay well what keeps me waiting through all this shit (laughs) you know because otherwise i should just go do something that that will occasionally make me happy but um i try and i try and check myself i don't know if i've been doing a good job of it lately you know to make sure that you watch and write about the stuff that does that that you do find fun that does make you happy Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because just, it's got to be worth it, right? Yeah, not it's got to be worth it. Obligated to write or to watch, right? Um, so, and I still feel like it's worth it. I mean, I, I think there are moments, you know, that I still see them. You know, I, you know, it, whether it was Liverpool Chelsea on Saturday, which was a great game. Yes, it was. Um, you know, just last night uh, I was watching the A's and Yankees, which was a good game. And then I watched the Portland Timbers and. Uh, Seattle Sounders, that rivalry. Yes, people, I do. I do have a girlfriend. She don't <laughs> worry. Um, um, you know, but like those were all good stuff. I mean, like, you know, like there was a couple of great goals, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, yeah. I still, I still get a charge from that, so it is still worth it. And I think the biggest thing for me that you you touched on there was there's the the communal aspect of it, and, and and like there is, and I think that's where Twitter is kind of fun to where like if you're you know if, if for if the Hawks play a random Tuesday night game or just whatever game you're watching you can, it's like watching with a virtual sports bar. Like you can find people and for there's an element of crowd control. So you don't get as many strangers uh, yelling <laughs> awful things at you. Right. Still Fuck with 319 and such. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I still think Twitter's great for that. I it think, yeah. I, th- I think during a big sporting event, it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot that comes with it. Uh, my, my Twitter experience is not nearly as bad as other people's. And I sometimes wonder 
how it can get so bad for some people. Though my Facebook experience isn't that bad because I don't have any weird relatives. Um, but <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, I know. I must be. I must be the lucky one. Um, so I think Twitter's great for that. But yeah, it's it's that it's that communal. I mean, I'll, I well, the last year I was doing Hawks games, they had us. You know, they were terrible. You probably remember the game. It was a Saturday night in LA. Crawford got hurt like in the first period. They had to check him for a concussion. It was Crawford's last year. And I remember tweeting out, like, I, I, I know there there's at least, like, five freaks out here who have nothing else to do but watch the Hawks on a Saturday night. Well, I'm here with you. <laughs> and, and you know, it was like, yeah, it, it was just like being back, God, 20 years ago or whatever it was, 15 mm-hmm. years ago, where you're the three weirdos watching the Hawks in the bar because no bar had the Hawks game on. Who the fuck cared, you know? Yeah. Like, no one. Yeah. Um, and half of the games weren't even on TV. And half the games weren't even on. So... It, you know, it, it, it arises that feeling. So there is, you know, there, it is what sports have that doesn't, that no one else has is that shared live communal experience. Now there are plenty of people who watch, you know, we're getting that more and more. Like you watch the last episode of game of Thrones and everyone's tweeting about it at the same time mm-hmm. and you're talking about it afterwards, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. Because um, there's the, I think it's like the, the randomness of sports. Like I, I know, television shows like you don't know what's coming but it just it feels like sports can be more random there's a higher propensity for things that are just completely off the wall to happen that you do not expect to happen yeah i I agree with that and and this is where i i think i can't remember where i heard someone talking about this so i i apologize for not being able to give proper credit here but (laughs) it it was the idea of, of of being a sports fan is it is it more about the celebrating the wins or commiserating for the losses and is, is that something that's ever come to your mind about what is i i don't know if it's i mean it's both okay you can't have one without the other i don't think Are you sure like, because we never it seems like we never, <laughs> not for the hawks at least but so many other teams it's more of the losing than the winning well that's just because there's more of it yeah no, um yeah i mean i i i think they go hand in hand i i think w- the the one is sweeter because of the other and you know the the commissioner about the losing hurts more because you know what the winning feels like but you know um without without you know life you can't go through life without feeling pain i mean that's right that's you know that's part of life as much as everything else you gotta I'm not saying you should actively seek it out or anything, but you know, you have to embrace it. It, it, It's part of it. So yeah, the commiserating about the losses, the celebrate, I mean, it's all part of it. And I feel like, you know, that, that it's the only thing that makes sports unique is that, is that it makes you feel those things so violently at times and maybe it shouldn't, but I don't know. I, you know, I mean, you've read enough, you've been reading me a long time, you know, how pissed off I get when people say sports don't matter. I I, I don't buy into that at all. Because I've seen people cry over TV shows, you know, I've seen, <laughs> I, I, you know, I've cried at the movie theater. Like, I, it, you know, we're all just want to want catharsis. We want to feel something. So, um, and there, and there are way more stories of sports teams bringing friends together, families together than there are of movies doing so or theater doing so. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but not on the same scale. And, that, and, and that's... Uh, I, I mean, like, you know, where, where you work now, SCH, where we started, I didn't know, Killian or McClure from a hole in the ground before we started that blog together. We were, we were email friends, not even internet friends. And now, you know, I've stood in Killian's wedding. Um, so, you know, like that's just one example. So, uh, I mean, that's why we do it. Yeah. But it's all about the commiserate. I mean, the commiserate and the losses, you just have more experience, <laughs> <laughs> right. especially if you're right. in Chicago and like we are, you know, it's just, uh, 
I, it's part of it, but you know, that's what makes, you know, that's what makes the rare, the rare nights you're not doing that so much more special and the ones you remember forever. Now I'm the weirdo who remembers all the nights commiserating the losses too. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, I but they're just as, they're just as vivid and just as important of a memory. Yeah. And, and it's also seems like, like speaking of like communal aspects, the communal aspect of sports that there are increasingly fewer things that happen in our culture, in our country. And I, I can't speak for other cultures because I've never lived in any other ones, right. but you know, with everything so partisan and polarizing and, and whatever word you want to throw in here, there's a lot more divisions than there's, there's a lot more things that seem to divide than bring together. And so, and that's where I, I worry. That's one thing that worries me like down the road is if we lose that with sports too, somehow. And I, yeah, I don't know, I'm... I don't know if that's possible, but <laughs> I've thought about that and I, I wonder too, but you know, I, I mean, I've seen this town and it, it's only happens with the bears and it kind of happened with the Hawks, but not nearly the scale, but it only really only happens with the bears. And when the bears are good, I have nothing in common with anyone who lives on the South side. I'll be honest with you. Like we, 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 we don't agree on bands. We don't agree on beer, food, whatever, you know, but that, that doesn't mean we're not both wearing our bears hat, winter hats, you know, and mm-hmm. put on our jersey on Sunday. And that is something we could talk. I'll tell you a story. I went out uh, to the Bears-Broncos game in 2019 in Denver because my one of my best friends from college lives in Denver. So I went to visit her and go to the game. Oh, yeah. I was I was at that, too. I had a group. We have a group of friends that have gone to see the Bears on the road every year. Nice. Like Speaking of communal aspects. Speaking like, of communal experiences. Yeah, so. We're spread across the country, but we all get together for this one weekend just about every year. So the Thursday night before the game, so this is four days before the game in Denver. My, my friend and I just go to some dive bar near her house, just to have a couple of beers. And I'm, I'm, you know, we're sitting at the bar and I'm looking at her and she's looking at me and some guy gets up to the bar behind me. I don't see him. I, I just know he's back there. And all I hear is, yeah, let me get a uh, Jack and Coke and don't put too much ice in there. All right. <laughs> I, I want a little, ice. I and I immediately know where this guy's from. And I know exactly why he's here. <laughs> And I could turn around and I'm like, here for the game Sunday. He's like, you're damn right I'm here for the game Sunday. I'm like, that's what I'm doing out here. And I, you know, this guy probably comes from, is from, I don't even know where. You know, if I told him where I was from, he'd probably walk away. But like, we could spend two minutes talking about how excited we were for the game, how we thought, you know, it was going to go, how the season would play out. And that's all it had to be. And I don't know what else could replace that. And, and, and yeah, we do get more divided. It feels fucking hopeless at times. I don't know whatever I would share a moment like that with someone from Alabama or something, <laughs> but I don't have to, I don't live in Alabama, you know? So I feel like that, that kind of moment will never go away. Uh, even if it's just a couple minutes, that's all we needed. Um, so I've thought about that too. And I think you're right to, to wonder, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I can't, I, it'll, it'll be different, but I don't know that it would go away. I think that that's that's such an open-ended thing that there's I mean it, it, I, I wonder how I feel like the next five years could be interesting just because the with the pandemic taking away sports for so long I thought there might be some sort of cathartic oh like we really like this so maybe let's stop you know being assholes to each other and enjoy it but maybe that's a little too idealistic <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I was hoping for the same thing too you you you, you would think this kind of event which is not unprecedented but certainly rare you know, would cause a lot of us. And I think, it, I think it actually has caused more of us than we read about to really like, okay, let's peel back some things and try and find what's important. 
the problem is that the people who get covered are the ones who yell the loudest to make it seem like things might be a little worse than they are. And that doesn't mean things aren't bad. Um, but I don't know. It's just such a, it's such a loud minority. It's hard to gauge, you know? Um, but I don't, you know, when I'm out in the street here in Chicago, no, you know, Chicago is a very neighborhood by neighborhood city. I don't feel that, mm. um, you know, and I, I go places. I don't, I don't feel that. So, you, you know, you may be proven right. It just may take longer than you'd hoped. Yeah, I, most of my like experiences, I like I'm, I'm down in the suburbs in Northwest Indiana and from covering high school sports mm. and like somehow we got through an entire school year's worth of sports without a widespread shutdown somehow and they're starting somehow. up again yeah right they're starting up again fingers crossed i mean there were plenty of teams that got that had their two three weeks side uh shut down some of them in the postseason or near the postseason right so it's it's and but even down here like if you go if you go to the groceries the bears play a three you go to the grocery store at 12 it's all bears jerseys especially right. if the bears are good Right, which and I know, think they probably won't be, but you know, <laughs> that's another discussion for another time. Like I um, think it was, it was right after uh, the Bears did that QB one tweet with Andy Dalton. I think Jason Goff tweeted something along the lines of, uh, "This is the biggest gang that we all belong to, and they <laughs> suck all the time." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Jason has a way of cutting right to the point. So, he does. He does. so kind of shifting gears, and this is something you mentioned yep. at some point that I, I remember. I wanted to come back to it. Um, no problem. It's the like the the uglier side of sports with well and we'll, we'll come we'll come back to the Hawks in a bit, but just the the money essentially the the greed the mm-hmm. and the the word that I've I've heard in two or three other like documentaries and things I've watched recently is corporate, is yeah. that professional sports feels so corporate now, and it's like it's it's getting to a degree that's like it, it feels like there's elements of it sucking the soul out of sports and killing mm-hmm. the spirit like the communal spirit and a lot of the other stuff that we talk about that's like the stuff that people romanticize about sports i i i don't i'm, I'm trying to think of exactly what the question is but i guess just what how do you see this affecting sports i guess is the word well that's that's a really great way of putting it um and it already has you know affected sports in, in a lot of ways um and probably more ways to come and and it is a worry and, you know, I, I, I would say baseball is, is the leader in, in my mind right. where you can see how it, it's not, you know, it's not just me. It's not just the Cubs. You can see how it's affected, you know, sport wide. And no one seems to be paying attention who can do anything about it. I mean, maybe they're paying attention. They just don't care. Um, so it is a worry. I, I don't know. You know, I feel like at some point, though, if it's corporate, like you say, there comes a reckoning where the way it's being run drives fans away enough that their bottom line is affected and they have to make changes just to keep the bottom line. They have to make, re- you know, the changes for corporate reasons will end up benefiting fans. Now I don't know how far that is off in the distance. It could be well, well after I'm dead. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is, it's an absolute worry. You know, some other things I feel like are just a different labeling. You know, you, you mentioned the super league in soccer at the top. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly worrisome and the amount of power that, you know, certain power and money that, you know, a few clubs have across Europe that everyone else doesn't. But, you know, European soccer's always had kind of that sort of power structure. There's always been the big teams and the little teams. You know, we change the labels. Maybe the differences are bigger, 
but it's always kind of been like that. You know, baseball's always had the Yankees or the Dodgers, you know, um, mm. the Cardinals used to be that they're not anymore. Thank God. But, you know, um, so I, I feel like, you know, it, it always survives. And, and, and as we said earlier, it, it does get corporate and, and so much surrounding it, it feels like it's closing in on the stuff you love, you know, which is actually the actual game. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that there's anything they can do that'll rob you of the emotion of seeing a walk-off home run or, you know, seeing your favorite pitcher throw seven shutout innings, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Hawks scoring an overtime playoff goal. I, there's, I, I, maybe I'm being pie eyed like you were earlier, yeah. but I don't, there's something there that they can't, they can't touch. There's something raw there that you can't commercialize. Now you can make it an NFT and put it on your webpage and your Twitter, you know, and, and, and package all that, those moments in a way, but at the base of it, I still feel like that is still, still pretty pure. Yeah, um, and, and what I'll say, you know, I, I have, I, I obviously have been, I've been to Wrigley once this year and I won't go back for a long time, but, you know, I, I always think about this. I was there the night Jason Hayward hit a walk-off grand slam against the Phillies, which didn't end up mattering, but still a great moment. And I think about, you know, the sound of that ball hitting his bat and the way, you know, when you're at a baseball game, when loud contact is made, there's a, there's a brief second of silence. Yeah. You know, there's like a hush real like quick. A, like a hush or a, almost a gasp. gasp. Yeah. And you know what? That's how that has sounded at that very spot for 105 years now. That's how it's always sounded at Wrigley Field, that mm-hmm. moment. And that's the moment you go for. So no matter how things get on the outside, and at Wrigley Field, they've gotten pretty horrific on the outside. <laughs> um, you know, that moment is still there. And it was, it's the same moment that someone experienced in 1956 and 1971 or whatever year you want to talk about. It's still that still sounds the same. And, you know, it still sounds the same just across the street at Comiskey, you know, it's maybe not the same building, but it's the same sound. And I feel like that, that can't really be touched. That, that'll always still be there for whoever wants it. It's just, can you wade through all the stuff? Yeah. You have to, to get to it. And for more and more people, I think the answer might be no. And, And that's, that is a problem, but if you can, the actual core is is still there, mm-hmm. and and I I was you you answered the follow up I was going to ask you is about like wading through all the other stuff, but and I, and I guess the other side of it like there's our I I I've, I've talked to people like about this and like the the suggestion that I've had from other people is like if you go to like minor league baseball or minor league hockey and it's not it's not as corporate there's not as much money involved so it has a little bit more of that right. pure feel and and I, again me being around high school sports for work like i i get that too but the sound like that's uh, for example like just the sound you mentioned of a professional baseball player hitting a home run sounds different than when a high school kid does it or the way uh the way an nba player is going to dunk is going to be different than the way a high school kid does it so no disrespect to any of those other athletes but it's just it's not the same and that's right that's what sucks is that like they're the only ones with that product right and i need that well I need hey, that. I really product, want right. that product. So. <laughs> well, but at the same time, you cover high school sports. You you know you're on a nightly basis. You're covering kids who are just there to play. Now, some of them, you know, maybe aspiring for scholarships or or whatever else. But uh, you know, they're they're there because they genuinely love to play. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing on the professional level. You know, we get caught up in these guys. Oh, these guys make so much money or whatever. These guys, for the most part. Um, still love being out there they still want to compete it's the same emotion as it was for them in high school you witness it 
on both levels. Um, and that's, I don't think that's, that's, that's another thing that like as corporate as everything around it gets, I'm not sure that can be touched. Now there's, you know, we can, you can have the nuanced discussion there for all night and we're not going to do that. But, no. you know, I think you, you can, you still see that in the position you're in because you're in the high school gym, but then, you know, or the high school field, but then, Hey, maybe if you're not later, you're out with your buddies at, at the at Comiskey, but you know, on the field, it's still, it's still kind of the same. They're there for the same reason. Uh, it's not scholarships and to beat, you know, the, the school down the street anymore. It's for bigger goals, but it's the same, same family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a different branch of the same tree. Mm-hmm. I guess. So I guess this is where we'll start wading through some of the shit. Okay. <laughs> Fortunately. That's um, fun. I mean, with it, like, because it's, it's becoming, it, it seems like, like the, like the current Blackhawks scandal with the, the sexual assault allegations from 2010. I don't, I like, I don't have a basis for this. Like, I don't know if they're just becoming more prevalent now. I mean, obviously like the sexual assault discussion and conversation is completely changed in five years, but just mm-hmm. the idea of teams having things like that, things like this, that they swept may have been able to sweep under the rug permanently in the seventies, eighties, nineties, what have you that maybe these things come to light more now because there's more investigations, whatever the causes it, 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 it seems like these scandals come out more now. And I guess, I, I don't know how, like, it's just, there, there's that awkward feeling of, I don't know how you, it's like kind of the, the thing I've heard you discuss of separating the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, I feel like it's kind of the same idea, but it's like, I mean, the majority of the players on the ice, as far as we know, were involved. I know there's been allegations that there were players players heckling the victim and so i i can't but like you know philip kershev wasn't on that team donnie no. kubelik wasn't on that team so right. alex debrinkin wasn't on that team so it's like i don't know like i don't know where to it's so hard to find the the gray area to navigate in the middle <laughs> there and i guess what's what's that process been like for you over the last few months uh not easy um and i think i think it's a, i think everyone has to answer that for themselves and i i wouldn't I wouldn't propose to tell anyone how they should, what they should do or how they should feel totally. I, I, I do get, you know, when my, when my podcast buddies tell me what their parents have to say, you know, that, that does make me angry, <laughs> but like they come from a different perspective. I'm working on it. You know, it's a goal. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Um, you know, I think everyone has to come up with that, that answer themselves. I, I, as for why we hear more about this, you know, there's just so many more people watching, as far yeah. as reporters now, I, I pitch about the media a lot, but we, you know, there are people like you and me, bloggers and, and reporters everywhere for websites, for different outlets. So ev- more people are looking for stuff. So this stuff just gets out uh, more quickly than it does, which is a good thing. Um, you know, but as far as how it makes me, it's hard. It is hard because as you say, you know, most of this Hawks roster had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fuck. Most of the Hawks roster was in high school. You know, if not, if not younger, yeah, if that, yeah, uh, if that. So you know, you certainly don't want to take it out on them, but it is hard because the 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 front office, the hierarchy, is still there, and mm-hmm. it is hard to reconcile. You know, compensating that front office with your money. I mean, I I canceled my season tickets. It was too much for me because. It just felt like, well, I, you know, I, even if the players have nothing to do with it, I can't support, you know, finan- this is the last straw for me. I can't, I can't financially support an organization that might have done this. We don't, we still don't know. And, and we'll probably never know what exactly happened. 
whether they help get this guy another job or not or, or whatever. Um, but that's a, I feel like that's a, you know, I can't blame someone who just really loves going to the Hawks, you know, their fucking job sucks or their kids are goddamn annoying or, or <laughs> you're just like, you know what? I need a night or two a week just to go sit and have a few beers and watch hockey. You know what? I can't, I can't say that they're wrong. It would be nice, I guess, if everyone felt that way, because that's how you get real changes. But man, you know what? Life, life is hard. <laughs> like life right. being an adult right. is hard. And I'm not even living an adult life that's as nearly as hard as some other people's. Right. Uh, so if you need, you know, that break where you're just watching hockey with a friend or your son or your brother or whatever, sister, mom, whatever. Hey, I get it. Um, you know, I, I think for me, it's another case. And I went through this in 2015 with, with Patrick Kane, where it, that feeling of being part of something gets fissured because I feel one way and so much of the group feels another, and it doesn't feel like we're in the same group anymore. And that's sort of what I've been going through with the Hawks for the past few years is that I don't, you know, I started that stupid fucking program and that stupid <laughs> fucking blog because I felt part of being a Hawks fan, that, that we were a group together. It was a strange little cult that grew to be so much more. And that was yeah. fine. That was great. And I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I just feel like as real life has crept in and we can't ignore that, I have less and less common with more and more Hawks fans. That the people I have stuff in common with were a small group within that larger group. Um, that makes it harder. You know, it makes it more uncomfortable to sit in the United Center when you feel like you're surrounded by people who you just don't think you understand and they don't understand you. Um, so, you know, that's, that's where I'm at. Um, we'll see how it all plays out, but you know, it is harder. And, and I, you know, I try and forgo like my favorite musicians, transgressions and crimes of the past. Like, well, you know, that was 1975 or whatever, but going forward, I do feel like their sports fans do should um, be more aware of, of the whole picture of what it really is going on. Who is this person? Because we're going to know anyway. And, you know, like if you were a Canes fan, seeing them sign Tony D'Angelo, I don't think you can shut that out. Um, you know, so now you can go back to Hartford Whaler histories and they probably had plenty of pieces of shit on, on, on the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> right. Or previous iterations of the Canes. But like, that's the past. We can't do anything about that. But we can do something about the now and what comes next. And, uh, you know, if we want to see the changes that that we that we do. You know, we have to be more aware and we have to speak with the only weapon we have, which is our money. It's the only thing we care about. Right. Um, you know, that's how I feel. But again, like I said, I can't begrudge someone who just wants to go watch a hockey game. Yeah. Um, I get it. I understand. Uh, that's where I'm at. So, you know, I, it's a long way around back to where I started. I think it's just something that comes down to how that individual feels and what they enjoy and what they can live with and what matters to them. And uh, I can't make can't make people care about stuff they don't care about i, I want to and i'll try <laughs> still right. but at the end of the day you can't you know they have to get there themselves and it, it comes also back to that we, the the communal experience we were talking about earlier that you might be sitting next to this person at the hawks game and um, maybe the hawks scored the the winner in overtime and you that person turns to high five you and you guys high five and not like that would be the only interaction you guys could ever have that would potentially be positive right but i mean i had I had my season tickets for geez, 11 years, or I guess, I guess with the pandemic, it only, I worked out to 10, um, but Who's you know, I, had, I had the season tickets next to the same people for a oh, good yeah. chunk of that. And like, I know 
I know that outside the United Center, I, I wouldn't even want to hang out with these people. <laughs> One of them was like deeply religious, and like homeschooled their kids, you know, <laughs> um, and there was a group next on my right, you know, and, and like they were fun guys to talk to at a hockey game. But man, if I saw them at a bar, I'd run the other way. <laughs> um, but, you know, in that setting, you know, we're all friends. It's all it's you know, we're all there for the same purpose and to feel the same things. And, and I, I again, I can't I can't get too mad at people who just want to keep that. Right. you know that 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 can't their feeling of that it can't is less able to be penetrated than mine is um i can't you know i can't get too angry at that i, I get a little angry and i'm working on it <laughs> but uh, I, I i get it does the so we, we talked earlier a little bit about having the um like the way you develop emotional attachments to players is obviously different now than it was when you were a kid but yeah. does I, I imagine it still has to happen somewhat like i'm sure i'm not the only person that's somewhat emotionally invested in Justin Fields right now. I'm sure. Oh, many no, people no, 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 <laughs> but um, I mean, even going like to the, to the Blackhawks, like I've, I have, I've developed quite a fondness for Alex to bring it mainly because we're probably the same height, unfortunately, <laughs> and neither one of us is happy about it. But, right. Um, like, I, I guess for you, like knowing, like you, you learned of all these past transgressions of guys that may have happened five, 10 years, you know, wh- while you were a fan of theirs and you learn about them later, like, is there, does it make it, I guess, does it make it difficult or does it at all change how that emotional investment to our emotional attachment to athletes happens now than it might've happened, you yeah. know, five, 10 years ago? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I'm certainly a little more guarded, but you know, you mentioned Alex Debrinkit and as weird and really bad and unenjoyable at parts as this, as this Hawk season was like watching him develop into a, a complete player this past season was probably the most enjoyable part of watching the Hawks this year. And I still feel that, you know, I, even though he's Jesus Christ, like 15 years younger than me, more 16. Um, you know, I, I, I was graduating high school when he was still in the crib. Like, let's, let's just put it that way. Um, so, but like, I still feel that like, it's still fun for me to watch these players on the field or on the ice develop, turn into something, surprise me in a way. There's just less, you know, worship, about okay you know like i i i realize what the relationship is i enjoy their art and that's and i try not to think about it too much more you know i mean i my favorite player of all time was jeremy ronick now he has proven to be the largest butthead you know around you know in the sport but there's the child within me will always feel that way about jeremy ronick but there's none of that now he's not none of these guys are larger than life characters to me um, because yeah, I'm older and I, I, I know what's, what's, what's going on. And they're so much younger and I'm not trying to, I think the problem is I'm not trying to live through them anymore. I mean, let's be honest when you're, you know, grade school, even high school, college, maybe just out of college, you're still kind of trying to live through these guys. Oh yeah. You want it, You want some of that glow, mm-hmm. um, that goes away. Um, but you still appreciate what they mean to you as far as what they can do, how they affect your team, which affects your emotions, which affects your day. So you, you cut out some of the, you know, the glow and the aura, the extraneous stuff, but you still, you still feel about them as players the same way you did when you were 12. It's just, it doesn't come with so much worship. It doesn't come with so much projection, I guess, you know, I'm not, I'm not, looking at them, hoping to be them. I mean, even when, you know, I mean, come on, we still, you know, I still, I still think I might get drafted by the Cubs and play second one day, but (laughs) you never let that go. If you let that go, you die. 
Right. Um, but it's right. not the same. You know, you're not even when you're 25. You know, the Hawks were won their first won the first couple of times 28. Even at that age, you're still kind of trying to position yourself next to it in any way you can <laughs> to sort of feel a part of it or or whatever. And that that goes away. But you, when it does, you don't you don't miss it. You yeah. just realize it for what it is, and you can still enjoy a great deal from it. I think I have uh, Tave. I, I don't know when it's going to happen. Taves and Kane are each about a year younger than me, so okay. I feel like like as long as they're still playing, I'm okay. Right, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've, you know, I, I I see people's grandkids in leagues now. You know, like yeah. oh, I remember. I mean, I actually saw that guy's grandfather play. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, I mean, I was like six, but um, so yeah, it takes some getting used to. Um, I sort of wonder what I will, you know, Duncan Keith's gone now. I mean, he's still playing, but he's not here. You know, when Taves and Kane retire, most of them, they retire, you know, what will I feel? Because that, that is the last connection to when I was that age and, and that will be very weird, but you know, gone through with other teams. There's no, there's no Cubs from when I was 25, 26, you right. know, there's no, there's no, certainly no bears, no NFL careers last that long. No, no. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an adjustment, especially with Taze and Kane, because he obviously was so involved with the Hawks back then. But um, it's a little weird, but, you know, it passes a little quicker than you think. So you weren't uh, personally offended when Lucas Reichel was wearing number 27 at whatever event? Oh, I got over that with Johnny Oduya. Um, I mean, I watched Todd Simpson wear that fucking number, for Christ's sake, you know? So. Oh, the, yeah, I, we, I tweeted, like, it was noticeable. Like, I don't think Reichel ever had a number, and I said that, oh, he's wearing Boquist number 27, and I got, like, <laughs> immediately three or four people. That's Ronick's number. Like, oh, right. sorry, guys. Like I, I, I went to my first Hawks game the year after he left. So right. I apologize. So, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm aware. I know every. I played the shit out of NHL '94. I right. I know the history, <laughs> but I just didn't experience it, which is yeah. very different. So yeah. um, I get it. I yeah. I mean, it's that's weird to hear, but yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense. You know. So the the last thing I want to ask you related to the Blackhawks, and this is kind of tied in like the whole corporate feel to them and the way that just everything I I know, obviously they've fucked it up pretty well, but like their image, they try to be so polished. Mm -hmm. If you try to start your fan program now, do you think they'd let you? (laughs) Because I feel like like the way they they try, they're so protective Um... of their image now, like they might not. That's a really good question. I think they would because just the the look of not letting me would be bad. Um, also, I mean, you know, I was such a – if you started one now, it would be the same as when I started one then. I, it's such a speck <laughs> on their whole picture that why why even take the time? Right. Um, maybe they would because the rules, you know, with their atrium now, you know, just east of the arena, you know, that's a whole thing. I don't know if the rules would be different um but i yeah that's a good question i i don't know i uh i feel like they still would but it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be as easy i i bet i bet there'd be a little more interaction because when i started i didn't hear anything from the hawks like you know i get occasionally a bored security guard but it's not like (laughs) it's not like they contacted me or we had any interaction they certainly weren't going to give us press passes or anything um so you know there was just i i know they knew of us but like it was not like a we'll let them go you know they just they just didn't care although i know some of them in the front office read it um yeah i wonder i 
it'd, be, it'd still be so weird. I mean, <laughs> like, like who who actually prints out a publication now? Like, they, <laughs> right? They'd be yeah. even more confused than the people were in two thousand eight. Um, so I don't know. I, I I guess I guess they'd let me start, and then it would depend on what I was writing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know how you'd have to be more careful. Uh, I probably couldn't do or say some of the things I did back then uh because they'll it, it it'll spread i mean there was twitter wasn't really a thing when i started um but you know if you started it now and you had something that was really wild and really out there which i did someone would tweet a picture of it yeah. it might go viral you know and then then where are you at you know and that's that can be a good or bad thing um so i'd be curious i feel like they'd let me start but you'd you have to walk that beam a little more carefully than I did. That's yeah, for they'd, sure. they'd, make, they'd make you sell. You wouldn't be able to sell it on their property anymore. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be in the Yeah, of- I mean, I, I was never technically on their property. So that's, okay. what, that's what bailed me out. Um, I, I don't know if the rules have changed since they've done all that construction. I'd be curious, okay. I guess. But um, yeah, that was, that, was the, that was the get out the couple times they threatened, uh, the security threatened to have me arrested. It wasn't technically doing anything illegal. Um, so there's no way they could actually stop you. I mean, they can make your life hell if they wanted to. So I guess it's how determined you were to do it. <laughs> so uh, the other big thing I w- would love to talk to you about is uh, just soccer in general, because I know yeah. uh, you, you mentioned Liverpool and Chelsea uh, off the top. And I learned the word argy-bargy this weekend. I did not know that <laughs> that was a thing. And I think they said it at least 15 times during yep. the course of that game and in the post game. Yeah. Great word, by the way. Great. Okay. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Try and adopt as much of the British terminology as you can. It's, oh, it's that's good. I, I've the last, like when the Premier League came to America on NBC sports, like uh, five, 10 years ago, whenever that was like, I, I've always been tangent. Like I was part of the generation and uh, like, at least in the suburbs, everybody played soccer as a kid up until right. the age of like 10 or 11. And then you, you picked your sport. Um, mm-hmm. But so like, I've always had a passing interest in soccer. And then when, when it came to America, I'm like, all right, like it's time. And, and for some reason I picked Southampton, uh, which is your team's hey. youth Academy. Oh. So you're oh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Off the beaten path at least. Yeah. I'm, I'm blaming my Catholic guilt for it because it was when I found out the team plays at St. Mary's stadium. And that is the cat, the name of the Catholic grade school I attended for. Oh, K- well, that makes, that makes total sense. They uh, used to come onto the field to trample on their foot by Led Zeppelin too. I mean, oh. you can't beat that. So oh. was that when they played at the Dell? That was when they played the Dell. I think they might've changed it when they moved into the new stadium, but I, I, I know they used to. So, you know, that's a perfectly cromulent <laughs> team yeah. to pick. And, and when I was at, uh, I was at a blues game. Uh, I watched the Hawks play in St. Louis one time and they were playing, singing when the blues go marching in. I'm like, this is not your song. Like, but then I also <laughs> learned that every premier league team, every premier league has that song, yeah. sing that exact song. So whatever, but <laughs> it, it kind of, kind of ties in with that. Like I've, I've, I get every year that goes by, I get deeper and deeper into it. And I know this happens in MLS stadiums now where there's fans singing and chanting and it, it just sounds so cool. Like I watched that Seattle Portland game on Sunday night as well. And the fa- the atmosphere in all of those matches is incredible. And every time I watch that, it, it's, it's different in Europe. It's, it's like another level in Europe. And mm-hmm. every time I watch them play, I'm like, they seem to be having so much more fun. And they just, why don't we do it that way? Why don't we inherit that from England when we broke away? Right. Um, you know, so- it's funny as I, you know, it's funny as, as after I finished my first book, this, this was an idea I was kicking around for a second book is in, in that. Why is American fan culture so different from South American, European, Australian? Um, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't get around to it. I still might one day, 
Um, but it, it's a subject like like you that fascinates me. Why is our why is the atmosphere at our sporting events so canned? Yes. So artificial, and why is it so natural everywhere else in the world? Uh, I'm curious, and I, I don't have an answer for you. That's that's what the book would be about. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe one day we'll get to the bottom of it. But I, I it that's 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 something I've I've been wondering about for geez, 30 years now, 25 years now. Um, it is it is so strange. Because you spent time, were you, were you in Liverpool? I, I like I know I lived the- in I lived in Leeds. Uh, I went, okay. my junior year abroad was in Leeds, which is about two hours by train from from Liverpool in the okay. north. Um, like, because that's I've that been is- there, yeah. Yeah, like COVID willing, I was hoping to go see some Premier League games next uh, in the spring, but we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes. We'll see how that goes. I mean, there's <laughs> always next season, and God, they they do like the official tours now, right? You just sign up and you. Oh really? Yeah, there's there's like packages and stuff. I don't know if Southampton's on them, but yeah, um, so... you could you can probably yeah. work it. Yeah, they may not have. The, they may maybe they should start it because they might need the money for it. <laughs> right, right. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I hope you can make it in the spring. I hope the, the the gods will allow. But I mean, but but is there? I, I guess, and and that's like again, like touching on the corporate thing. Like, it's maybe with some of the top teams, like the Man United, Man City, and maybe even Liverpool a little bit. There's like the corporate tentacles might be creeping in, but like you said, the the atmosphere at those matches just feels so natural. Mm-hmm. And like, I, is it? I, yeah, it, it, I mean, it is having yeah. been to several Premier League games, it is, and it is just, it's just a different type of noise, really. You know, you see it in flashes here and there uh, for big games where the crowd doesn't need to be prodded and it's a natural thing, but it's only in moments. I, I, I you know, I wish I had an answer for you. I just, I just don't. Okay. Well, you know, but it's I- always, it feels like it's always been that way. I don't know that you know, American sports, you know, baseball games or hockey games were, were that different in the seventies or eighties. I mean, yeah, I, I write, I wax lyrical about the old Chicago stadium and it was loud, but it wasn't constantly like that. You know, it was loud in the big moments or when, you know, there was momentum, you know, in the third period or whatever, the Hawks scored two quick goals or whatever. It was loud like that, but you know, that doesn't mean it compared to what you'd find in Manchester or, or North London or whatever. Um, you know, it's just, it feels like it's always been like that. And I don't, I don't, I, I, I wish I could tell you, um, mm-hmm. but it is different. And I, it is obviously much more, you know, artificial and can now there's something at every stoppage. There's, there's a song, there's a promotion, there's flashing lights and it's a lot, it's a, it's a lot to put up with, but they must have some research that that's what people want, you know? And I, I mean, I get it. If you're a kid, it must sound like the greatest thing on earth. And that's, that's who you want to bring back. Right. That's the ones you gotta, mm-hmm. you gotta infect. So they make their parents bring them back and then you've got them for life. Um, so maybe that's it, but yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and like the way it seems like the way they're marketing professional sports in America now, like it's not, it's not to the hardcore fan anymore. Like the Cubs are putting a sports book on top of their stadium. No, they've got your money. Yeah. Like, and then like the, the Niners built a stadium that's like, uh, it has all these technological updates, but like it, it's a pain in the ass to get to. And there's all these other stadiums. They, they're, they're built at like upper middle, like people with more money than I'm ever going to have. I mean, I, I you know, <laughs> Especially I, covering high school sports. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have, I have a, a primary day job that, okay. that supplements my writing habits essentially. Okay, fair so, enough. So and and maybe one day before I die, I'll pay off my student debt. 
but I'm, I'm rooting for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not sure which one I'm rooting for first though, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it just, it, it feels more and more like, like the sports here are just not like, they don't give a shit about people like me because like, I don't have enough money to be in their club, but yeah. it seems like maybe, maybe, and maybe I'm romanticizing too much about Europe because maybe they're the same way. Like they want, I they mean, want just as much money as, as the people over here do. But if, and that's where, like getting back maybe even wrapping up the whole thing is like it feels like like these these sports don't want me anymore they don't care about me anymore because i'm not uh i'm not going to end up in the tax bracket that they want me to be in that they can pry all my money yeah it's, so not, what, that they, it's not that they don't want you they just take you for granted uh they figure they've got you you're gonna go regardless you're gonna watch regardless and in some ways that's true i don't know that it's universally true um, but yeah, our mid-level, low-level season ticket, occasional ticket, whatever it is you buy, does not matter as much as the corporate suite. Um, that you're absolutely right, and and I wonder. There's a there's a chapter about this in um, in Fever Pitch, which my book is is based off of, um, where he, he talks about when soccer in England first started being on television, which is still a really recent development compared to America. And I, I had no idea that, that right. a lot of the fans could not watch their own team. Couldn't watch sure. anything, really. Yeah. Um, so he was talking about how, you know, the executives, the TV executives, you know, are, are creeping in and they're catering to these people. And it's all based on the root of what he and his friends and his fellow fans provided, that atmosphere, that feeling, that full stadium. And if they keep not catering to them, we're going to go away and then they'll notice we're gone. And I sort of feel like that's where American sports are getting to that. They haven't catered to us. They have, you know, they don't plan on it, but they'll notice when we're gone. Um, when we t- when we have enough. So I feel like there's still a modicum of pawing at doing things that we might care about. It's not much. You kind of have to look for it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I right there with you. Again, that's the corporatization. That's, you mm-hmm. know, that's the real fear that they keep, yeah, they keep chasing people who are in a much higher tax bracket. You somehow pay less in taxes than we do. I don't know how that <laughs> oh, works. God. Um, yeah. But they do keep, you know, the, the seats behind home plate at Wrigley. I don't, I don't know what the equivalent is at Comiskey. I don't think they've been as aggressive, but the suites at United Center, you know, the, these are the people that really matter to them. That's where the real money is. That's who they cater to. Um, that's what they're really worried about. Yeah, I, 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 I worry about that. Um, and I feel like, you know, soccer is different. It's one of the things that brings me back. I mean, they have this problem too, but on a smaller scale, because, it, you know, we saw with the Super League, like the, 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 the supporters in soccer, even if they're not on the board, they still have a voice. Yeah. Um, they can still force changes at their clubs. Um, I don't know how much longer that lasts. Maybe not too much, but it's still there. And so they, you know, teams can't get away with ignoring them completely the way they can here. And maybe that, you know, you can get into the nuts and bolts of a TV deals are structured differently the way they share income, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't know all those details. Um, but yeah, it, it does feel like on these shores, we have less and less of a voice and we matter less and less. And, uh, but you know, these TV deals, these monster TV deals that, that flood the leagues with money, these sponsorships, they're still based on something. They're still right. based on the idea that we're, we're watching, we're going. And if that changes, those TV deals change. And then 
they'd have to come back to us. So I think there's at least some bottom level awareness of that, but I could be saying that more out of hope than, than knowledge. <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 I know you talked about going, well, you we went to the Broncos game a couple years ago or the yep. Bears game in Denver. And that was by far the most we've ever had to pay for tickets. I think that's probably partially to do with um, the Broncos being popular because they won two Super Bowls in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Well, and, they're the team in Denver. I mean, they're still the main draw. Yeah, there. Yeah. And, and there's, as I learned being out there, there's a significant amount of Chicago area transplants. Oh in, yeah, there is. <laughs> so that probably drove up the prices too, but like, we, we actually had two of the people in the group that came with us to Denver, but didn't go to the game. Cause they're like, we're not paying that much. Mm-hmm. And that's where like, like that's, I, I again go back to the same thing. Like they're kind of pricing out the average fan, but, and the other side of that is like, if it's a road game, like it's part of this big trip, that's cool. That's fun. It's a different story, but like, I'm probably not going to pay $200 to go see the bears and soldier field. If I can just watch them. No, on it's a dump. <laughs> like- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm with you. I, you know, for me, we were lucky in that my friend's family had season tickets they were willing to give us. So it's good. It's good to know people. Yeah, it's good to know people. Uh, it's good to have ends. But yeah, I mean, it, I still would have paid a lot to go just because, like, hey, I'm going to Denver. It's the, my first Bears game on the road in my life. Like, you know, whatever, you know, let's have an experience. But you're right. Um, but, you know, sports aren't the only thing regular people are getting priced out of these days. That's- so it's a, it's a societal problem. Right, right. And, and well, um, and that's where I, I feel like as I get older and kind of start to understand how things work better, it just like sports, this is just a reflection of society. Like you're, yep. how you do your sports is how your culture is. And the way the, 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 top, the guys at the top keep getting richer and the guys at the bottom keep getting poorer, it's happening in sports and it's happening in our society all mm-hmm. at once. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, you know, try and buy a house these days. Oh, I'm, I'm right with you. I'm trying to do it right now. Can't, and it's impossible. I mean, I'm not trying. I have friends who are trying. Good luck to you. Yeah, thank I, you. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it's a nightmare. Um, and so, yeah, I, and you sort of wonder, well, where does that bubble burst? You know, where, when do they push it so far that no one can pay this anymore? No one can do this anymore. You wonder, but, you know, there's always, there's you know, at least with like stuff like StubHub and, and the other SeatGeek or whatever, you know, there's that secondary market that does reflect actual interest. Now, Cubs tickets themselves may cost 75 bucks. You can get them right now for 11. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> so, they're looking like White Sox tickets, actually. Right. They used to look at White Sox used to. So that will always be there, I think, you know, but, you know, then when teams are good, they're in the playoffs, man, you know, you and I, you know, we'll, we say, oh, I won't pay so much. We're probably going to pay so much, you know, like, because uh, we, we got to be there, right? Yeah. You know, we got we to gotta see it. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I, I you know, I, I'd love to come on this podcast and give you answers. I, I can't do it. <laughs> um, but these are all very good questions and, and that, that need watching. And I, I wonder, too, uh, you know, because you're right. Like, yeah, you can't it's one thing to pay for that ticket because you're on a trip, you're out with your friends, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're not going to skimp on a vacation here, but yeah, if, if, you know, I want to go to a bears game, I'm not going to pay two fifty to go do it on the lakefront, you know, cause that sucks. Yeah. Um, and I get, I get much better replays at home. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, I, we, we, we keep doing this doom thing and Oh, it could go worse. You know, there's, I don't say it's every as good a chance, but it could go the other way too. Like these teams, especially in the NFL with the, 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 the TV money they get and the, and the marketing money they get. Yeah. You could see a day where they're like, you know what? 
when they start to draw a little less and, and home crowds aren't the same, you're seeing it in college football now, actually, um, where they're just like, you know what, we, if we want the stadium full, we, we, we're just going to charge less because, hey, we don't, we don't really need the money that bad. Well, yeah, that's, like, that's where you see, like I've seen like, business articles, like the money's in the TV deals. Like, all right, but then why? Right. You know, I, I understand supply and demand. Like, I, I know Bears tickets are a hot commodity no matter what, but, I mean – it's yeah like, and then, at and some point <laughs> right know. i mean we're being optimistic these fuckers will scoop up every fucking dollar they can get i mean that's every right. dollar matters to them but you're seeing in college people now because kids don't want to they want to be at home on their phones they don't want the jammed internet you know at the game and so mm-hmm. even big time colleges like alabama or whatever you know they have to offer like this and this and this just to get their own students into the stadium and i, I feel like you could see that filter up um i'm curious you know how these sports books in the stadiums uh do you know people are so fucking frightened about that and like there have been sports books in every soccer stadium in europe for as long as i can you know for year for decades and it hasn't really affected that so i'm not yeah. as i'm not as scared about that as some others are but um i'm curious you know it's it's clearly something people are putting in like hey we we might need this to get people in the stadium so we'll see um but yeah um I, I'm 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 interested just as you are. Well, Sam, I uh, I I'm, I've run out of my uh, my list of questions here, so I I guess the last thing I'll ask you is um, is it when Justin Fields retires, do you think they'll build the statue at Soldier Field or will it be in Arlington Heights? <laughs> uh, my hunch is that it will be in Arlington. Actually, it'll be in Lake Forest, but um, it'll oh, be in Arlington. I, I think it'll be in Arlington Heights. I, I think the. There seems to be too much smoke for them to not go. And I can't imagine what the city could even begin to think about offering to keep them here. I don't know how you refurbish Soldier Field. I think you've done everything you can with that. They're not going to build them a new one, for fuck's sake. So Uh, so uh, I think it it just makes too much sense. You know what? Fine. Like, whatever. I don't go to Bears games. I don't really care where they are. Yeah. I'm sure they're still going to call them the Chicago Bears. Right. It's still still going to play 12 on Sunday. Yeah. Like like you said, like we've talked about so many other things, I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to watch. And there's a Metro station right there. Like, if I have to get out there, I can get out there pretty easily. So... A um, little bit of a haul from here, but from, you know, for you, it's maybe a real I'll take haul. maybe a three o'clock game. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't want to do the six a.m. wake up. Yeah, no, um, I, no. I, I've I've went to a Bears game recently with people who would do like the wake up at five a.m. Get there as the gates open and tailgate open. Like that is it was fun one time, but five a.m. alarms are not my friend. <laughs> maybe yeah, maybe one time, but uh, not not regularly. No, yeah. no, no. All right. Well, know. Sam, uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have this conversation. Uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun to cover all these topics. Like, I, I feel like we, uh, there's a lot of monotony involved with talking about the Blackhawks and sports <laughs> in general. But this, hopefully, uh, this conversation, the ones we have the next few weeks, they're a little more, a little different. So, uh, thanks again for joining us. I, well, I, I, really I appreciate, appreciate you asking. This is fun. Thanks, so much. Thanks, Sam.